0: How do we want to start?
1: I mean, we're going already. We don't have to do this. Yeah, but
0: you're going to cut this off and we're going to start.
1: Mm, yes.
0: So we'll welcome back to a new episode of All Out Brawl. Um, I think this is our 12th or 13th episode.
1: Who knows at this point? You Probably. Know, we just, we've tw- had so many episodes. Like, it's really hard. To I
0: know. Track. It's so hard to keep track. I think it's our 12th. Um, but we're kind of reaching a dry point of... Brawl. Yeah, no I kidding. think cuz we're kind of in the middle of a one of the longer like sets, right? Well, I mean longer is in how long we before we get a new one.
1: Yeah, let's not let's not say sets. Sorry. So <laughs> <Until laughs> the it, the next set, Guilds of Ravnica, does not come out until October. Um which means that we will not have new Brawl cards and new Brawl content really until October besides baseless speculation. Um, which but is fine.
0: We're becoming really good at that. Yeah.
1: I don't know if I mentioned it. I'm Sam.
0: I'm Chris. Okay. So <clears throat> today, I think a lot of discussion I see on Reddit and from people posting on Twitter and just general brawl discussion are about the cards that are really good in brawl and maybe kind of shape the format around them. So I was kind of maybe wanted to discuss what we feel are the, um, Maybe more overrated cards that we don't think um, are as good as the stats on, say, Brawl. That EDHREC would lead us to believe, and maybe the ones that are a little bit lower that people aren't playing as much, but maybe should be played a
1: little bit more. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, um, the EDHREC cast does something pretty similar, where every episode they do a thing where they that they call challenging the stats, since you know they're associated with EDHREC. They um, have a lot of stats at their fingertips. So they usually pull out like a card or two and say like, this gets played too much or this doesn't get played enough. And here's why. Um, But so I like this. This is a good idea. Um, So with that, where are we starting?
0: I think one. So let's just the top 100 cards of Brawl. Oh
1: God. We're not reading all of them, are we? No, we're just going to (laughs) talk about the
0: ones that we, that like kind of like jump out to us as either, um, not that are, I guess not in the position you feel they should be okay in terms of playability and the I guess uh, <clears throat> brawl meta sure so it's I I personally my favorite EDh and brawl website I think is edh rec it's the one I always go to first when I'm deck building and whatnot so I kind of I weigh these stats a little bit more heavily when I'm building stuff so I like to I kind of like to talk about it so uh, it sorts its top cards by the percentage of decks it's in versus the percentage of decks it could be in. So, like artifacts can be in every brawl deck that's on the website, whereas, um, the colored spells can only be in all the decks that have that colored commander identity. So, the stats are kind of weighted by that, okay? Yeah, uh, and one of the highest ones right here that I think we talk about a lot. Just personally, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast too much. Is Gilded Lotus?
1: Okay, yeah. What what number here? So yeah, so give me give me a number for where Gilded Lotus is in the top hundred cards play. Gilded
0: Lotus is third. Ugh. It's it's in twenty one percent of the decks. It can be in which, which is, is every deck. Yeah, um, but it's in a nine hundred and twelve decks. Wow. And I think the only time I've seen this card used to great effect. Um, is in a joy storm type deck where you're casting one to two mana artifact, historic spells, um, with paradox engine on the board and you're untapping this. And so you're getting three plus like three N, um, mana in that game. And like, it lets you just cycle through your deck, but otherwise I feel like on turn five in a brawl game, if you're, the nice thing is, is essentially costs Two right because you're paying five, you're getting this artifact that then taps for three mana uh, of any one color. But that that also is relevant. Three mana of any one color. It's sometimes really hard. Like you'd love to filter that some other way. Like, oh shoot, I can only make three of this color mana, so I can't cast all the spells I'd want to this turn. I don't. I think it's a trap, and I, I think there's better cards that can be played instead of it. And mm-hmm. I don't think mana ramp is that relevant in brawl as it is in commander
1: um I don't know I, I would say I think you're right I think it belongs in joy um I think it does have a home in artifact decks in general I also I, I think,
0: think it, it's it, sorry I think,
1: well I think it's just good <laughs> yeah for artifact decks like I think especially since artifact decks typically aren't green they're not going to have access to like the land ramp yep so I, I think it's good there um, obviously, it shouldn't be in anything that's three colors.
0: I also... I don't think yeah. this should be... Yeah, I don't think it should be considered fixing. Like, it's not... I don't think it's a manolith in the sense that it's... Right. Because it's, it's too high-costed, and it's... It's um, restrictive. Yeah. yeah.
1: Especially, imagine we're playing... Oh, I don't know. Chromium, I guess, because we want to justify... We don't have green to ramp us naturally. Um, the idea here is you're playing Gilded Lotus... And then you get three white mana, three blue mana, or three black mana. Um, that could be handy, but I would rather just run something else. Probably like, like I mean, even the Cultivator's Caravan is better than that because it can turn into a five-five, and it gives me one color of mana. But like
0: a more influential five mana spell, because I don't think this is going to yeah. give you the, um, I guess game payback as maybe a spell that's going to do a bit more. This this will certainly let you cast an extra spell here and there on each of your turns, but it's never going to, I think, turn the tides in a four-player game. Yeah. Unless you're storming with it. And I think another place where it is good is maybe in monocolored decks that are the goal is to cast big spells. Yeah. So I think maybe in like a um, gore-claw deck or something into that effect where your goal is to... Like this is that extra three mana you need to cast your Galta's and your yeah. um. I, but yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't even there. I don't know if it. There's probably just a better five mana creature or something.
1: Yeah, especially if you're going mono green. I don't know why you pick two mono green commanders for your this needs ramp thing. But you, like they have it already. I would run it in something like Atali probably or Zatulpa.
0: But even then, in that green deck at five mana, I'd rather cast a kicked. Yeah, exactly. um, Grow from the ashes. Well, that's what I'm saying.
1: Don't run it in a you like. Yeah. If you're running it in a monocolor deck, you're running it in a deck that's not Yeah, green that's fair. Because green already has ramp. Yeah. I'm saying that, like, I don't even know... I mean, I think I'd run it in as a Zatalpa deck. I'm not sure if I'd run it in a Tali deck.
0: I might but... run... Like, if there's just so many fringe cases. Like, yeah. I might run it in a Gonti deck. Sure. Where you want just... You don't care what color the mana is because you're casting spells for Oh, that's that a type run. of thing. Like, yeah. if you may have cards that you can cast using mana as if it were only color it seems good in that idea but yeah but, i just i mean i think it's getting too much play agreed I,
1: yeah let's get back to the topic here it's getting played too much because you shouldn't be running this unless you have a very specific reason to like joyra has paradox engine untap it or you know other blue artifact commanders have ways of copying it or things like that like yep. Because if you can get two Gilded Lotuses, then I'm like, then I'm on board. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think it's it's pretty susceptible to artifact. Um, Destruction. Yeah.
1: For some reason, people... I think it's because for a long time it was... I think it was overplayed in Commander as well. Yep. Um, And then it just became the commander became so much bigger and it became harder to find guild lotuses. So then it became like a real target where people were like, Oh, like that thing adds three mana. You got to blow it up. Whereas like a thran dynamo, people are like, meh, three color, three colorless mana. I mean, I guess you're going to have it, which is kind of dumb, but like, that's just the way it is. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. That's overplayed for sure.
0: So do you want to talk about a card next?
1: Uh, I don't have the list in front of me. So. Oh, okay.
0: So um, I guess the next one I see that is kind of uh, lower on the list that I think probably is one of the better cards that all of the decks that can be running it should be running is you'll have to... It's it's strange that you're not looking at the list because you can't kind of like counterpoint. I guess you can once I tell it. Um, it's Carnes to Pearl Sundering.
1: Okay, what what number are we looking at here? So
0: it's 97th. Whoa. Yeah. That
1: is pretty low for being the top 100 cards of Brawl. How many decks is it in?
0: It's in 340 decks, which makes up 16% of the decks that it could be in.
1: Okay, so I mean in general that's actually kind of like still high. Yeah, but... But yeah, it should be higher, especially because for the... It's like,
0: not just an extra turn spell. Yeah. It's also a... Um, bounce, bounce spell, spell for yeah. any type of non-land permanent
1: well and it's every single deck you're running it in you have a blue brawler that will let you cast it yep like a spend like I could see people I, I can definitely see people not running things like Kamal's druidic vow that card is garbage but like Jaya's Emlighting Inferno is
0: not even on this list and that was another one I wanted to talk about
1: Yagin's offering yep is that on the list
0: uh, Let me scroll, but I don't remember seeing it.
1: I mean, I think Urza's Ruinous Blast is also, like, a little more Kamal's Druidic Valley. In that yeah. One. Yep. Yeah. That one's
0: not... On, that's the only legendary sorcery on this list.
1: Jeez. I feel like i uh, are just not seeing enough play. And I think general. the only
0: saga on this list is the Eldest Reborn.
1: Oh, what? Yeah. But the Mending of Dominaria.
0: Yeah, that's what I was looking for too, and I don't
1: <laughs> see it. I mean, okay. To be fair, I think... We talked about it back when Dominari came out, but Sagas are an interesting card type, especially in terms of multiplayer, because in 1v1, it's a lot like... Essentially, your opponent has to find a way to get rid of it or they're going to be affected by it. Whereas in multiplayer, you're playing against three other people and one of them might have just like offhand removal and can just blow it up. So I feel like... I'm not as surprised that sagas aren't more popular, but I'm also surprised that the eldest reborn is the most popular one. I mean, I guess to not, it not that much. It does affect all your opponents. Yeah. I wish I, were more.
0: I wish, I guess I wish they were played more, but I don't, I understand why they're not. Cause I don't think they're the most powerful effects unless you're somehow blinking them to get the different things happening.
1: Or, I mean, there are just some ways that it's, like Mending of Dominaria is super powerful. Yes. But people have to let you get there.
0: Yep. And so. that's the thing we've talked about a lot in previous episodes in relation to sagas is there's always like there's three turns so your your opponents have plenty of time to do something about it reaching that final yeah. chapter. So another one low on the list I think you're going to really appreciate. Well, you're going to really argue for is Mirage Mirror.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, so, how far
0: down are we? Um, so at this point it's hard. Like I can't Pin place, but it's probably in the 80s. Okay, Um, and it's in 378 decks of every deck in brawl that it can be in because it's an artifact, colorless artifact. And I know you love this card, and I think it's I I really.
1: Where does that put the percentage for it?
0: Nine percent of decks. Nine percent of decks. Jeez. And this is like you play this in a lot of EDH decks, and it's just amazing seeing what this card can do. I think one of the examples you had last night was um, I mean, Ristic do want, Study. Do you
1: want me to tell him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so right about when Hour of Devastation had first come out, I built a mono green Masumaru deck. Um, he's from Saviors, the Comic God, whatever. Um, but I threw Mirage Mirror in because I thought it looked interesting and I knew I would have a lot of mana. Um, and so I ended up, I was playing a five-player game, and the person before me was playing a red-blue deck and had dropped a Ristic Study. Um, and then I played Mirage Mirror, and then every turn for the next turn cycle became, at the beginning of their upkeep, I paid two, and then there were two Rhystic Studies on the battlefield. <laughs> like, And the nice part is that, essentially, it, it, I could turn it into an enchantment. Um, and if there was another player who was playing an artifact deck and had some like gain control of target artifact ability type of stuff... And I could hold. I on his turns, I would sit there and hold up two mana and wait until if he was going to try to use those effects, because then I could just turn it into a non-artifact. And like I've done that before with all sorts of things, because it turns into a land, it turns yep. into an enchantment. Like you can essentially save it for pretty much everything. Anything.
0: That's yeah. it's so hard to play against this card because you see it doing all this work, and then there's like if I try to target removal, it'll just turn it into something I can't target, or. Yep. Um, if you're trying to like destroy all artifacts, you'll just turn it into something that's not an artifact. Yeah, And it essentially becomes the best artifact creature enchantment or land on the battlefield yep. whenever you need it to. Yeah, And it's just, I've seen it used to such good effect. I think it's, I don't even think the deck necessarily needs to be artifacts to be running this. I think it's any deck that's kind of ending turns with a little extra mana, which is probably most decks could be, be using this as a nice utility card that's going to like kind of measure the battlefield and see what it needs to be to work in your favor.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think it's a really good card. I know there's a lot of debate about it because you do have to pay two for it. And like, you can't do it multiple times in a turn effectively because you have to, you can only like once you, once the last one resolves, it will become whatever the last thing was. Um not saying that you can't like do it multiple times, to do that beforehand, like turn it into a couple different things, but it'll always land on one thing and then you won't be able to change it again, which means that we'll be susceptible to something. Like if you change it into a land, someone can blow it up. If they tried to like blow it up as an artifact, but then they have a spell that destroys a the land. Then yeah. you can still get blown up. So and, I mean, at the worst though, then you're making them use two removal spells on a single thing. Like
0: it's really good. And then yeah. another, this is just, imagine you're playing a deck that's maybe like a tokens deck that, doesn't do really well against like big trampoly creatures. Well, you throw a Mirage Mirror in that deck to be your protection against those things. Because if you're being swung out by a Galta, you normally don't have creatures that can block it. This becomes the same creature that can then contend with it. Yeah. So I think it's just so versatile.
1: Well, and I mean, if you're like me, then you always look out for the ways to like, oh, I'll dump an extra plus one, plus one counter on this, and then suddenly whenever it becomes a creature, it's a bigger creature. Like. I don't know. I just, I love that card. It's very good. Um, I, I, I guess it sounds like it's underplayed, but I'm honestly kind of okay with that.
0: Yeah, I know you are.
1: <laughs> Cause it means I don't have to play against them. Very much, yep. So. Uh,
0: another, so another thing that I think is very, that I kind of like about brawl is the, un, the non-existence of cards like lightning Grease and Swiftfoot boots and just easy ways to give your creatures protection from, like, removal and whatnot, right?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, that's one of the things... It, it's funny, I'm going to relate this to topical things, but, like, so Commander 18 got spoiled last week, um, and uh, I've been, we've been listening to viewing the um, Command Zone podcast where they've been reviewing the decks and talking about how to upgrade them. And, like, for example, today, I was watching the one about the Bant deck, and they kept going on and on about the fact that none of the uh, none of the commanders in that deck have like or none of really not a lot of the creatures in that deck have protection like shroud or hexproof they
0: want it to be boggles
1: yeah and i was like but that's not how that's not how it works though like not every creature just gets hexproof and and so in- they're like oh you have to add these cards in order to make it so you have protection and i'm like but I, this is one of the reasons I like Brawl because essentially that frees up two more cards and it means, yeah, you might have to cast your commi- or your Brawler once m- once or twice more than you normally would, but like, that's good. <laughs> your your Brawler shouldn't just get to land on the battlefield and stay there forever because nobody can interact with it. That's not fun. I no. Mean, it's not fun for you, but it's not fun for the other
0: players. But partners. I was actually bringing that up because another card that's low on this list, I think should be higher, is Blossoming Defense. Oh. Like... There's I don't have this in any of my green decks and there's been so many games that I just wanted it in my hand. Like I really think I need to add this to my Shalai deck because Shalai is so great. She gives all of your other um creatures hexproof, but then she just means oh, she's dying first before your other creatures are, which is good in the sense that somebody has to use removal on her before the creature they actually want to get rid of. But a con- it's like if it's in the form of a combat trick so you can only use it once, but I think that one time you use it in Brawl is the pivotal time, right? Yeah. So, well, I was
1: going to say, why don't, why don't you run um, the one, the two drop?
0: Because it's expensive, <laughs> Heroic Intervention. Yes. It's an amazing card. It gives all your creatures hexproof and indestructible. But I think this you can keep one green mana open and have this at your disposal. People might be expecting it if they see you leaving that mana open, but I think that also deters removal. I don't think so. I think I want to try to have this in a few of my decks and see how it plays. I think it's going to actually... It might end up blowing things out.
1: Yeah, no, I, I was saying. Sorry if it was unclear, but I was saying I don't think people are going to be like, "Oh, he has one green mana open. He probably has blossoming defense in hand." I mean, yeah, it's oh. not.
0: It, you're not playing like standard yeah. electrostatic pummeler. so
1: right. Um, um, yeah, that's
0: cool. and it's at, it's in 370 decks, which is 20 percent of decks, and I just think wow. green. If you have a green brawler that's a creature, I think this card is probably playable.
1: And that's an uncommon, right? Yeah. Ooh. Wow.
0: So, let's get back up to maybe some overrated cards cuz okay. I mean, we have good opinions, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how <laughs> we do a podcast. That's how it works. Um so, this is probably going to be an unpopular one. But in Brawl, I don't really like search for Escanta. Ooh. Okay. Um and I'm also i have two copies of this i've played it in brawl wow in my well i've just opened them in limited so i've played it in my merfolk tishana deck and i played it in my and i've played it in my um enchantment enchantress edh deck which i use Kineos and tyros of Miletus. Mm -hmm. um and i've Like, once it flips into the land, I don't find myself using it that much because it's a lot of... It's four... It's three mana to tap it and then the land, so it's four mana. Um, But also that I find myself... Norm... Like, the only time I like it is when I'm binning a land when I'm getting flooded.
1: Hmm. But
0: I'd rat Like, I feel like I'd rather be drawing the spells. Like, I I know I'm always going to be drawing those spells. I mean... That's... It's hard it's, to explain how I feel, but I think,
1: I, I mean, I kind of see where you're coming from. I guess the thing that I point out is that it's a two-man enchantment that effectively says scry one. Um, but it's I
0: I don't like that because it's not scrying. Like well, if you were to ever putting
1: something on the bottom of your library is worse than putting it in your graveyard. Not
0: if you can shuffle your deck a lot. Like
1: eh, I guess so. But
0: and we're playing lands like. Um, evolving wilds and stuff. So
1: yeah, I mean, I I run it in a mono blue deck that wants things in the graveyard. Yeah, so. that I
0: understand that. But if you're not have if you're not interacting with your graveyard at all, I don't know if this card is the best card for you running. Also, we've noticed these brawl games going long. One of the last brawl games we played, you lost to Mill, right? Yeah,
1: but that was partially my own fault.
0: Yeah, I I just think I don't know. The I- filtering is nice. But I don't like the comparison that it's essentially a scry. Because that other card is... If you put it on the bottom, it's still in your deck. And you could still get it if you say we're able to shuffle your library or... I don't know. If your goal is to end the game... Yeah, you want to get to your cards that you... Yeah. But then you put it in a deck where you're kind of like maybe doing um, Approach of the Second Son or like cards you know you need to win the game.
1: But like you're not going to bin that one.
0: No. But I'm saying... I think it's a very, I think it's more niche than people. I don't know. Maybe okay. it's not. But that's that's, fair. that's just how, from, I'm not saying this just off the cuff. I've played with this card and this is how I.
1: No, I know. I'm sorry if it sounds no, like it's, I'm attacking you. I'm,
0: like, I'm not responding to you. I'm responding to the people I'm sure who will listen and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> and I maybe, like, it just is, is, it is my opinion. So I'm happy to hear what other people have to say about this. I mean, I think but,
1: part of it is that you shouldn't run it in a creature-heavy deck unless nope. so you have a very specific graveyard. Like, if you're Maldrotha,
0: holy crap, this card is good in Maldrotha. Yeah, or like,
1: but, in I mean, I feel like this is good in Adelie's because it lets you dig for more spells. Like, yep. effectively, while you're complaining about the, like, you have to use essentially four mana to do its ability, that's drawing a card. Like, you're paying four mana to draw a card. Arch of Orozca makes you pay five plus tapping the land. So, like... I mean, obviously, in blue, you should have better options, but this is not a terrible one, especially if it's a late-game kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot... I guess it's not a lot better, but it's different because you're looking at the top however many cards, and you're picking a non-land card from it?
1: Non-land, non-creature. Yeah, so, so... Yeah, I mean, I think it's.
0: Yeah. I don't think every blue deck should be running this. No, is,
1: I agree. I don't think every blue deck should be running this either. I think it was popular in standard, and of course, that always means that it gets somewhat boosted in. I mean, yeah, in brawl. I was gonna say it usually like, so you even see an uptick in like EDH sometimes. I but like with brawl, this. It makes a lot of sense. I
0: really like this card in control decks that need to like hit every land drop. Yeah. It's good there, and it lets um, you
1: bin things to get closer to approach the second. Maybe I
0: was now. just playing it in the wrong decks. Yeah, but I feel like. Thirty nine percent is way too high to be only in those decks. It's that's just the only thing.
1: Okay, sure. What's a what's another one here?
0: Um,
1: Let's do one more.
0: Hmm, that's a good question.
1: Oh, here we settle the wreckage. Okay, how low is this? It's high.
0: Oh, it's within the top twenty ish.
1: Oh, I I think this card should be up there though. Yeah,
0: okay, so, um, I was kind of in so the thing I it only hits one player right yeah and I guess you're generally hitting the player that is alpha striking for the win right sure so do you think every white deck should be running this card yes okay
1: no I think I mean I am biased I lost to it but honestly especially with the way that we've seen Brawl work where you know there's a pretty heavy aggro decks i feel like there's going to be a moment where that red deck or that green deck or that white deck so you... just swings all out at you in an attempt to just wipe you off the face of the earth and then you can neuter the entire attack
0: so you like wrath to god
1: um i mean i don't say i wouldn't say i like it but i think it's a good card like i think it's worth playing i obviously i mean i don't own any copies so i don't run it but i feel like it's I mean, I agree. I see where you're coming from because I, it's definitely not a path to exile.
0: And it's also not a wrath, wrath of, of God. God. Right. Because you're I, only... I think the one thing that kind of lowers it on my favorability is you're only hitting one player. Sure. Like that, that player that's alpha striking you is you're exiling other creatures, but then the player that goes after them, maybe before you... It's like, oh, they're tapped out now. They saved that four mana for settled. Now I could probably finish them off or something along those lines. Like, like, yeah. if you have three players to go again before you go, and this is your only protection on maybe, say, your board is not as good as other people's, I don't think it's good in that situation. Whereas if you were to play a Fumigate, that would probably help you a lot more. Yeah, but, that's So true. it's a little fringe in um like
1: if my choice is this or fumigate i'm gonna run fumigate yeah but i think i i, I think, think if i can run both i will
0: and those two are pretty close on this list which is it's just the the whole idea that you're playing a four-player game um I mean,
1: but people do this like we were just talking about potentially like you know heroic intervention you're probably saving your stuff from one board wipe or like but a board wipe but like one spell yeah. or
0: one one removal spell. Right. So no, you're right. That's...
1: I mean it, it, it's kind of the same. I guess it's not entirely but in multiplayer like especially, I, I guess Brawl especially because we see a lot more aggro and a lot more having to swing to win because creatures are just so more, so much more prevalent than I guess in EDH really. Um, I think Settle the Wreckage is... I mean, I've been on the receiving end. It can literally just ruin a person's game. Like you can just mm-hmm. take an opponent out of the game. And like, yeah, you might only be able to use it once, although if you're a good control deck, you'll probably have ways of getting it back. So like maybe not, but I don't know. I just I think it's a good card. And I think I, I don't know. I, I I can see where you're coming from, and I think if it if it were one v one, obviously you should be running this card. Yes. But if it's since it is multiplayer, there is a the concern that, you know, you'll be you'll be you'll probably will have situations where You'll have two people that can both swing for lethal before your next turn, and you're going to have to go, well, I mean, I guess I can either hold off the inevitable and let that second person swing at me, or, you know, you have to make a choice. And, like, that kind of sucks, but we kind of talked about that in the Brolitics episode where it's like sometimes it just happens. So I don't know if that's a good enough reason to not run the card because I think it'll save you more than it will you'll face down the barrel of like a double barrel shotgun
0: i think i think i was having a hard time choosing overrated cards as much as i wanted to say that oh maybe there's a lot of cards people are overvaluing i'm not really seeing that that's the case all these cards i'm seeing are great up here like a braid thematic compass ravenous chupacabra river's rebuke varasca's contempt those all and treasure map is like the number one all those cards seem like they belong in all the decks that they can be played in. Yeah, no, that's true. So I think the the big thing, that's why, like, I was just looking at the list. Those were the ones, like the top, those were the ones that jumped out at me. I think the sure. big thing is some of the cards in these top 100, I feel like need to be f- closer to the top, honestly. Right. Like yeah. we're still looking at a very small chunk of the card pool of yeah. Brawl, but it just baffles me that I'm looking at this. I want you to guess how many, per- what percentage of, decks this card is in Helm of the Host.
1: Okay, well maybe twenty. Ten. Oh, okay.
0: So why do you think why do you think it'd be that low? Because it
1: costs so much?
0: But I feel like we talked about this card in an earlier episode and we were saying that cost
1: Oh no, I from a personal standpoint, okay. Like, so this I is I think just... it's a good card. Yep. And I think in Brawl especially you should run it because you'll probably have an, a chance to put it on like get it on the field and equip it. Um, but I think in general people, especially people that are like more EDH leaning, are going to look at the card and be like nine mana, which is silly because in EDH you can easily make nine mana on a single turn. Um, but they're going to be like nine mana, that's unplayable or whatever. And so they're not going to run it. And then, like, that kind of trickles down into the community of, like, well, Hell of the Host doesn't seem all that good because, you know, no one runs it. Um,
0: maybe we shouldn't make funny voices. <laughs>
1: maybe. I don't know. I guess the main thing is that I think people don't give cards much of a chance. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that standard I don't think Hell of the Host is good in. Like, no.
0: So. This is totally like a Commander Brawl multiplayer. Yeah. Slow game card.
1: Because that's, I mean, I guess that's part of it, is just in the same way that, you know, Search for as Consa might be higher because in standard it does really well, Helm of the House might be lower because in standard it doesn't do very well. It doesn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah, and so, like, I think that's part of it is looking at where, like, when we're looking at these top 100 cards, we have to keep in mind that, like, we have the mix of EDH and standard players, essentially, for Brawl. And also 1v1 and
0: multiplayer yeah, that's true too. So, so then I'm well, we don't have to talk about these in depth, but there's another one that's lower than I feel like it should be is Tendershoot Dryad, Blackblade Reforged, is these are both below Helm of the Host. Oh okay. Um Torment of Hailfire. Path of Discovery. Sure. Um Yeah, that's that's all I really yeah, I mean... See. Yeah. I think it, it gets interesting when we maybe look at um the top of each card type. Okay. So... Oh, wait. One thing I want to talk about just in our experience recently, too, and then, like, one card that's not on this list that we've um grown to see how good it is is Authority of the Consoles.
1: I mean, not to be a hipster, but, like... I already knew that card was good.
0: Oh, I know. But, uh, we just played a game where it probably gained the person who played it over 30 life.
1: Over 40 life.
0: Over 40 life. Sorry. And I don't know. I wasn't it's just or anything. life gain in this format is so great because there's no commander damage. So yeah. every point of life you gain makes it that much harder for your opponents to kill you. And, this person who played authority of the consoles would have been out of that game so much sooner had they not had it. Yeah. Which was just, it gave them so much lasting like ability and it's not even in the top 100 cards. So it's not even like the lowest white card in this list is, um, Legion's landing, which is another one mana spell and that's in 24% of white decks. Sure. So that car authority isn't even less than that. And I just think it's really good.
1: Yeah. I mean, Legion of Landing is also very, very good. But yeah, no, that's true. Um, yeah, so that was in or you know, that was just the thing. So card types. Uh
0: first we have creatures. Okay. So Um This is not as easy as I thought it was going to be.
1: That's okay. Um do you wanna I'm already at thirty five minutes. Did oh, so let's to... just not even let's just yeah, not even talk about that. You can say that for a later day or something. Yeah,
0: I think it's just it's so interesting seeing what cars people are tending towards t- yeah. to me. Like I don't disagree with a lot of these, but there are a few that kinda like stand out to me as whoa. Yeah. Why though?
1: Right. And then I say something rude. Um Yeah. yeah so <laughs> or you
0: tell me I'm wrong and I'm just like, Oh, I probably am wrong. That's well, true.
1: You know, you need someone to do that for you. Yeah,
0: I, I appreciate but being so, told um, I'm wrong. Let's
1: Let's move on to our second topic of the day, which um, is tied to the Ravnica Corner. So I think I'm just going to kind of like we won't go too in depth on it. We can talk about it more later. But um, last year we had the Commander 2017 decks, which obviously this is a Brawl podcast. So these things don't technically have a reason to be here, except last year we saw that uh, Standard kind of lined up a little bit with the 2017 Tribes. Um, Amonkhet had some more cat support. Uh, Ixalan obviously had a lot of white vampires in addition to the black ones. And then, you know, Edgar was Mardu. Um, and then Dominaria had a lot of wizard support. And then M19 that we just had, had some dragon stuff. So um, it seems like at least kind like kind of, they kind of made these products that kind of coincidentally lined up together. Like, you know, the the things that were coming out in standard were also good for you know people just getting into commander um if they wanted to you know and obviously it's a good tactic for them to you know try to get people to cross over from (laughs) commander into limited and standard type of stuff but um so the question is are we going to see something like that for commander 2018 now that we've seen commander 2018 spoiled um and so part of it is we kind of have, but it, I mean, I guess the themes, we were talking about a little earlier, but the themes aren't as like, like with tribes, it's really easy to be like, cats, let's throw some cat lords into Amonkhet and dragons. Oh, we'll have Sarkon and a couple dragons in M19 or whatever. Um, it feels a little harder for them to be like, top of deck matters <laughs> for whatever, like, like in Esper kind of colors when we're going to Ravnica. Um, or, or lands matter. Yeah, lands matter, which... We have seen some lands matter, like Crucible yeah, like, and Scape go- Both got the reprint. Yeah.
0: The creature, the Crucible on a Stick creature from Amanket. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of like lands with activated abilities and whatnot from Amanket.
1: Yeah, all the Ixalan double face lands
0: sierra those two
1: so like i mean there's it seems like there's a lot of support Uh, to be fair lands are also a card type yep so it's not surprising that we see a lot of land support in general but i think Um, another
0: interesting thing is we got Seder enchantress yeah that's which is we didn't even know we were going to be getting an enchantment deck deck in commander 18 and i think one thing you were talking about earlier before the podcast but didn't mentioned was you think you thought that they're kind of becoming more mindful of it in more in like the most recent commander set right yeah they weren't really shaping standard or the cards in the sets they were releasing around their commander product before then
1: no i don't really think so. especially looking back like 2014 2015 up to even 2016 i mean they were doing the thing where they were building five decks and they all had a theme and you know those colors were evenly distributed And so, like, you know, we got things like the enemy partner commanders that are the enemy color (laughs) enemy color commanders that have the experience mechanic. And I mean, that was around if that's 2015, that's around, like, cons and dragons. Um, And, like, when, like, the I guess there were some enemy color stuff in there. So that kind of lines up. But, like, the it just feels like the partner commanders were or sorry, I keep using our partner. The experienced commanders were kind of just on their own. And then we had the four color commanders, twenty sixteen. And like yeah, Brea lines up with Kaladesh and Ether Revolt yeah, and
0: I remember at the time like me and um the other people I played commander with were just like Wow, Brea and Kaladesh—it's like match made in heaven. Whereas you didn't really say that about any of the other decks,
1: right? Like, I mean, maybe Attract, but that's just because Attrax is good with everything. Like, there was kind of and a like plus almost one counter. There's
0: but... normally a plus one plus one counter sub-theme in most. Yeah, exactly. Sets.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean, the the more important ones like Yidris, I guess Shadows of Vanastrad had like big sh- or sorry, big stuff. <laughs> um, but like. Not really much, and then Saskia. I guess every set has aggro, like you know, it it, so it didn't really feel like they were as connected. Whereas I feel like, especially over the past year,
0: we've had so much support for the decks that came out the year prior,
1: yeah. Also, mostly because I feel like, and they even, yeah, Wizards even has said a lot of stuff where they're like, oh, everything is you know, feedback based, and we're trying to help people, like you know build the commander decks they want to build because they're our most popular product but we also want people to play our other products so like you know we're kind of supporting both sides and it's like so
0: yeah. I want to hear some of your bold hypotheses for what's to come in standard based so, on commander
1: yeah so obviously part of the problem here we talked about it a little bit already but um, it's very it seems very unlikely that the yet are going to go turn towards artifacts which that's one of the decks obviously is the Sahili. Um exquisite artistry deck, which is like all blue-red artifacts, and I don't think we're gonna see that in Ravnica. Um Brutaclad, though, we might see tokens maybe. Like, obviously we're gonna see tokens, but like artifact tokens? I don't know. So maybe something there, but like in general, I don't really see that one coming up. Um the top of deck matters. Um I mean zombies. Obviously, there will be zombies because the Golgari are a guild, the Orzhov are a guild, the Azorius are a guild. Like, I could see maybe they'll push zombies more even into like blue white kind of stuff or like, but that's usually spirits. I don't know. I think zombies might get some stuff. I don't understand what they would do with top of deck. We're not going to see miracle. Like that's not going to happen. I
0: wish it would happen though. Yeah. I I just love that mechanic. Yeah, uh, and I think I I think we might see. Maybe some spells that do like interact with like brainstorm esque spells, like where you're yeah. looking at the top, keeping one, putting one back, and things like that. Maybe.
1: Well, I mean, we did, we've already talked about the Demir, but like that could, that could some in some ways tie into Mill a little bit is like library manipulation. Um, they've done it before a yeah. little bit, so like that, I could see that coming. Um, then I guess the lands matter we haven't really I mean besides the rate enraged I don't think we've really had a big like lands theme um, in Ravnican guilds no rule is the closest we get uh, Golgari had Life from the Loam in the original Ravnica so like that one kind of like they they always kind of have like a secondary thing so maybe they're planning on that maybe they'll have like you know A couple cards for lands matter type of stuff. Do you Um, think
0: Landfall might make an appearance? No, okay,
1: Landfall is a Zendikar mechanic, only Zendikar, yes. Um, but I do, I am intrigued by, I I was telling you this earlier, but um, so Jairus has a little bit of support in the deck, but Thantis the Warweaver, um, has like zero support in this deck, which is weird. Um, because they usually give you at least one or two cards to like throw a bone. Yeah, um, to
0: give the alternative commander some sort of um, tools if you make them the commander of the out-of-the-box deck. Whereas, you're, like you were saying, this deck doesn't seem to have any tools to support the strategy that yeah, that commander which, is.
1: To be fair, we also are not entirely sure what the strategy really might be. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to take some brewing and stuff. But one of the things I was intrigued by is that that is both Rakdos and Gruel colors. Um, obviously, it's in Jund, but um, both of those guilds in the past have been very combat oriented um, and very, like, very aggressive. Like they're very aggro. So I think and very
0: that, punishing.
1: Yeah, so I think that there might be like that. I don't think it's a hint necessarily because obviously we already know these things. But I think there might be some support for some kind of archetype there where, you know, swinging a lot and swinging, you know, in like making other people swing. That's really interesting. And we don't we haven't seen it in Jun before. So I think there might be something there. Oh, my for gosh. Like, Rule or Rakdos being like, you have yeah. to attack. Like, I
0: want that in Brawl. Yeah. I don't want people like I've kind of as we've played more Brawl games, I'm kind of like yeah I'm attacking like yeah. I'm not sitting back anymore like these games last too long I'm gonna like if I have the opportunity to attack like even like if I have the opportunity to attack that's profitable for me I'm going to take it I'm not just gonna sit back and let somebody not do anything because yeah. I think you have to move these brawl games along Yeah, and I think, I think the format would very much appreciate cards that either incentivize attacking or force attacking
1: yeah I think so too so I mean that's I, I'm we're we're not getting to them yet because obviously both Gruel and Rakdos are going to be in the second block which will come next uh, winter, but um, there is one more deck that was in the Commander eighteen. It's the Enchantress deck that is in banned colors, um, and that one is interesting because while we haven't really seen a lot of enchantress type of stuff from Ravnica before, especially we don't see like Azorius kind of like likes to like lock things down. Um green white is Celesnia and they like to like pump things up. And green blue, I mean the Simic really don't have any enchantment kind of like similar like like any like enchantment strategies. But I think the Selesnya actually do have kind of a push for that. They have like pollen bright wings um, in the past, we've seen some other green-white enchantments that are, like, pretty, like, you know, that the idea is you want to have big creatures, or, you know, like, a lot of creatures, so, I don't know, I think Selesnia might have some enchantress themes, because Seder Wayfinder was also the card that they put into M19, um, but we'll see, I don't know, um, but so that's kind of the thing. Like, what do you think? Like,
0: I mean, it is kind of telling that they chose the signpost Slesnia Uncommon to be an enchantress, right? Like, all the other ones don't really care about card type as much. Well, I mean, I think
1: Madrake cares about. Yeah, that's instances fair. Instances of like, sorceries,
0: but it's kind. I think it's kind of foreshadowing. Maybe seeing a little bit push yeah. towards enchantments, but I, I'm I mean, that's what I'm hoping.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's so. That's our for the Radniker Corner today. Um, we're going to talk about Selesnia, Um, And that's the, kind of the reason where like, this is leading is the idea is we we saw some, like we we're saying, Seder Wayfinder um, in the 2018 Commander deck. You know, obviously a lot of things are three color, but there's a lot of good green enchantments, a lot of good white enchantments. Um, and the problem, of course, with that is that we haven't really seen an enchantments commander from Selesnia before. Like specifically the actual leaders and heroes of the Celestine Guild that we've seen on cards.
0: Or banned. Or banned. And I think that is somewhere that is lacking in Brawl and Commander. Yeah. Like there's that's generally like colors with maybe the best enchantments. Like what when you think of an enchantment Brawler or Commander, what colors would you think it needs to be to be good? Red Black. Oh, can we be... I understand why you're saying that, but
1: no. Okay, um, for like an enchantment, you should explain thing, that comment. Yeah, red black, <laughs> red black is definitely the best enchantments commander when it comes to things Hate. like group slug. Yeah, like, oh, I mean the the professor to learn, uh Tolarian Community College did a video a while back about how making a Zozu the Punisher EDH deck, and like the concept is there. Black and red both use enchantments as ways to make like really devastating board like entire board abilities that to make, make everyone hurt themselves to so.
0: make magic a lot more fun for the rest of the people playing yes that was sarcasm
1: <laughs> um, but I mean I guess so I would say green white because I think green white gives you the best like
0: green is the color for enchantresses until right mesa like,
1: and Seder, yeah
0: yeah
1: um, and then white is the color of actual enchantments like yeah um, so I think yeah, I, I would say that's. Hmm.
0: I think blue is where you start to get um, the more, I guess, card draw type yeah, enchantments and stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that's mostly for um, for drawing cards. Like, <laughs> you get a lot of value. I don't. I, there are a couple enchantments, I think, but um, so I guess to kind of like talk about this, um, try to back ourselves up here. So, the Selesni commanders we've seen before are Trostani, which triggers on creatures entering the battlefield. You gain life equal to their toughness and also can populate, um, which means you copy an enchantment, or I'm sorry, you copy a creature token that you already have a creature token of. Um, There's Tulsa Wolfblood, which is from the original Ravnica, uh, and he is a lord for green creatures and also for white creatures. And then he taps to make a 2 2 Voja Wolf creature token. Um, who's legendary. And then uh, there is um, Amara Tandris, who was the guild runner in um, Dragon's Maze. And she says, creature cre- creature tokens you control, uh, or prevent all damage will be dealt to creature tokens you control. So those three especially are all leaning heavy towards creature tokens. Um, and then... Obviously, the last, of course, the Conclave is just, like, a weird card. It's, like, an 8-drop 3-8 with Forest Walk and says, like, <laughs> wherever you pay a creature spell, or whenever you cast a creature spell, you can pay X. And then when you do, you put X plus 1-plus-1 one one counters on it when it enters the battlefield. Um, that one is just weird. That one, I think, it just wants you to go, ramp, like, ramp really hard. But um I guess, yeah. So, like... All of them kind of have, like, a weird balance of both wanting to have really big creatures, but also have, like, a lot of creatures. But
0: also costing a lot of mana. Yes,
1: that too. Um, So, I mean, that's kind of where we've been with Lesnia. So, like, a lot of creature tokens, a lot of go-wide strategies. One of them was a lord. One of them was um, the creature tokens you control can't have damage dealt to them. So, like, you want to go wide for that. Um, but let's look at what we have in standard right now for Selesnia. So we have the two Ajani's, uh, Unyielding and Valiant Protector, um, which are both, I would say, in this same vein of, like, I want to go wide and also tall. Um, because uh, Ajani Unyielding, which is the card that was actually in Ether Revolt, allows you to reveal the top three cards in your library and then grab a non-land permanent. Um, and then he also lets you exile a creature and essentially, uh, swords, the plowshares of a creature, you exile it and then this controller gains life equal to its power. And then his ultimate puts five plus almost one counters on each creature you control and five loyalty counters on each other planeswalker you control. So it's obvious that he is very like, go wide. Um... Whereas the other one is a Johnny Valiant protector, he was the Planeswalker deck. Planeswalker, he puts two plus one plus one counters on up to one target creature as his plus ability. Um, he reveals cards to the top until you hit a creature card, um, and then you get to draw that card. And then his ultimate is put X plus one plus one counters on target creature where X is your life total, and it gains trample until end so of turn. So. Obviously, these two are, like, the exact thing we are just talking about. One of them says you want a lot of creatures, and the other one says you want one really big creature. <laughs> so, um, it seems like we have a lot of that as well, because the other two we have are Shauna, Sisei's Legacy, which is, it gets plus one for each creature you control, and has, like, the weird ability hex proof,
0: Which is very relevant, I've found.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. But it's obviously a go-white strategy for a tall creature. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: White and green do that a lot with cards. It's very, it's a very interesting idea.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, I guess the last one here um, that will really just hammer this home. Huatli Radiant Champion, um, the Rivals of Ixalan card that has plus one, put a loyalty counter on Huatli for each creature you control. Go wide. And then minus one, target creature gets plus X plus X until one of the turn where X is the number of creatures you control. Go tall. And then the last one, you get an emblem with whenever your creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw. Hooray, more creatures. Yes. So (laughs) I think right now...
0: So is Shalai considered? Celeste. she's not.
1: Yeah, I guess...
0: She's not in her casting cost, but her color identity is Celestia. That is true.
1: Yes. So um, let's count her two. So then Shalai would be our last one here. Um, She, obviously, as we talked about, uh, has... Other creatures you control and you and planeswalkers you control all have hexproof? Is that correct? Yes. I yeah. think so. You, planeswalkers you control, and other creatures you control, have hexproof, and then four green green, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So
0: So I actually have a Shalai deck and it is definitely go wide but also go big, because your big creatures are gonna be protected, but your your payoff for going potentially wide is you can start pumping those creatures.
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's I think it's funny because honestly, all of the green white cart, like green white brawlers doing
0: a, do a lot of similar right now, things, do
1: the same thing. Like a, they all go wide and go tall, um, which unfortunately, Selesnya has also done that. Like before that we talked about, they all do that, too. So, so maybe maybe they're. Maybe we'll get a new idea, maybe, please. Maybe Celesnia might actually get some something that actually cares about something else, like enchantments. Yeah, I I'm skeptical. Yeah, because I know I, they're probably trying to dance a fine line here, where they're trying to get both the like they want to keep as much of the like essence of Ravnica because they don't want to piss anyone off, mm-hmm. um, but they also I'm hoping they want to like branch out a little bit because we don't we're excited to go back to Ravnica yes but that doesn't mean that we want to see the same exact plane every time and I don't think we did between original Ravnica and Return to Ravnica so I think there's some hope that like maybe we can start to branch out a little bit maybe they'll have an like maybe there'll be like a regular like leader of the guild or whatever that does this green white thing of both lots of creatures and also big creatures um, but maybe there will also be like a secondary leader or something like that that does um, enchantment matters type of thing. And maybe they'll wrap it in with creature stuff, but who knows.
0: So I have one question related to Ravnica. Yeah. Who were the new planeswalkers in return to Ravnica? Like, were there any new?
1: Ralzarek. Okay, so um, is it? Nope. Uh, who's the Gruel Boy? What do you mean, Domri no. Raid? Oh, Domri Raid. Yeah.
0: So I think maybe at the end of this, a uh, whole se- like whole series of talking about Ravnica, like who do where do we think they're gonna try and fill in guild wise with new planeswalkers?
1: Oh, that's a good point. Oh, and I also forgot, Vraska came out and returned to Ravnica as well. Okay. Um, that's a good point. We know Ralzarek is still there. We know Vraska is gonna show up for the big Nicol Bolas showdown or whatever. Um, we know. I actually I don't know anything about Domir Reid, but um, uh, I mean Jace is going to show up, Lily is going to show up, Chandra is probably going to be there, um, Jaya. I mean that's the the concept of the Dominara story is that they're all going. To Ravnica, right? Like, yeah. I guess I don't know for sure because I didn't finish that story. But I'm guessing I don't know if we'll see many new planeswalkers. Okay. Yeah. I so think we'll probably end up just getting. So a lot you of,
0: don't think any ways. new planeswalkers will have come along since the last time we visited Ravnica? Um. That's what. That's kind of why it's like it's been a while, right? Yeah. That's so, true. So, like, I'm hoping we get something new in that regard.
1: Yeah. Maybe. I mean, part of it is I kind of hope that we get. Something that's either monocolored or three-colored. I doubt we'll get a monocolored thing because M nineteen had ten new monocolored planeswalkers, um, but it'd be nice to get something that's like three colors, so that way we. That isn't is
0: have... Nicol Bolas.
1: Yeah, that also that. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly because, like with Ravnica, we're gonna get a, probably at least two um, legendaries that are in the guild's color pair, and if one of them gets eaten up by a planeswalker. Like, I don't know how happy I would be about that. Because, like, Rouseric seems pretty stereotypical. Is it? Yeah. Very spell-slingy and also flip coins to take extra turns.
0: So, like... Well, that's the only Eric you know, though. Yeah, He that's could true. do... Like, he could do... He was... I think he did damage, untapped things or tapped things, and then extra turns. Hmm. Okay. So, it, it is very blue. Yeah. Red, but... I like Ralzar. Fair enough. I would love to see a new, like, fresh Ral's Eric take. Well, that's Izjia. Yeah. Let's so talk about that talk later. About
1: but yeah, Selesnia, I don't know. I hope for more enchantment stuff. I hope that community is there team-
0: a Selesnia? There's not a Selesnia planeswalker on,
1: on Ravnica. Yeah, not that I know of. I don't think there are any.
0: So that's why I brought it up. Because uh, do you think maybe that's like where we might get one? Maybe. I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's it- probably. Uh, it's not as likely. Especially with Watley already in standard. Yeah. I don't know if we'd get another one. But who knows? Um, I like this. I like the thought experiments we're doing right now with yes. the magic stuff. It's yeah. fun.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited. It's,
0: it's all wild speculation. So yeah, if, we'll have to come back to these episodes after we get start getting spoilers for um, Guilds of, of Ravnica and see if we were totally um, drunk in yeah. our... <laughs> But yeah we'll see predictions
1: um, but yeah so i mean um that's about everything we have for now um yeah
0: I've, these episodes as we um move towards the next set are definitely going to be a little bit more unfocused as our early ones we might talk about more have decks related to specific yeah or I mean, episodes related to specific decks yeah I we
1: haven't up. um I mean, I don't think either of us has built M-19 brawlers. Yet. No, we so, should do that. Yeah, yeah. we should do so we'll that. So look into that. Um, but in the meantime, you can contact us on Twitter um, at all. Sorry, alloutbrawl. Jesus, I'm just going to restart that. <laughs> at alloutbrawlNTG. Um, and uh, yeah, you just reach out to us. You can uh, also
0: email us. We've been okay. emailed before.
1: Yes. It's at... Or you can email us at alloutbrawlmtg at gmail.com. But, yeah, we love hearing from you. If you have deck ideas, if you have decks. If If you
0: you want to tell me how wrong I was about these overrated cards, please do. I'm always happy to hear opinions and have mine changed.
1: And also, yeah, make sure you're clarifying that you're talking to Chris because I feel bad. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I
0: if something is personal on Twitter and I respond to it, I always like sign it Chris. Otherwise, anyway, yeah,
1: yeah, but it's fine. Um, but so uh, if you have any suggestions for anything else, just let us feel free to let us know. Um, I want to
0: shout out Vol for our new Twitter header art. Yeah, thank it you was, very much. Yes, it, thank you.
1: Yeah, it looks pretty dope. Um, yeah, and along those lines, also thank you to Awkward Bun for our uh, art. And thank you to uh, Aunt Neely, the artist who does our theme music. Um, He put it on the Free Music Archive. We're taking it from there. Um, But we still appreciate it. Yeah, and if
0: anybody does listen to us on a service that allows feedback or reviews... iTunes. Well, Apple Podcasts, I guess,
1: is what it's called now.
0: We would love to hear what you think of the podcast.
1: Yeah. No, and it helps... Uh, it helps other people who are interested find us as well. Yeah, because um,
0: I'm sure the Brawl community needs all the help it can get.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be sure about that. It's just true. Um, But yeah, so you can also find Chris on Twitch. If you go to twitch.tv slash R-E-T-T-O-T-O. Uh, he likes to stream Nintendo stuff, such as Pokemon and Octopath Traveler, which technically isn't Nintendo, I guess, but it's on the Switch. So it's
0: Nintendo like, exclusive.
1: Yeah, it's Nintendo adjacent. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's just about everything. So until next time, I've been Sam.
0: And I have been Chris.
1: And this has been All Out Baral. That is not the best thing,